Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Hard stuff, why the good stuff, how to be practicing, powers beyond control with our kids in those challenging moments with our sensitive and strong-willed kids when they're pushing us, when they're challenging us to be more patient, more curious, more creative, more empathetic, all of those things. We experienced that tonight a little bit, trying to get to this live call. (laughs) We're a little delayed from what we'd wanted, but we're here and we've missed you here on Instagram lives and on the podcast. So we're really happy to, to be back and we're feeling a lot of good energies behind December and holidays and parenting in the wild and parenting in front of other people and parenting with our partners and just kind of getting through the month. So that's why we're here tonight. We want to support you in anything that your kid and you are going through, right? Around transitions, bedtimes, meal times, um, hygiene, rude words. What else? What are you struggling with? I right mean, now? just competing needs in general. Yeah. When our kids have one need and they're showing us that with their resistance to the need we're asserting with a boundary, with mm-hmm. a limit, with a request, with a demand, with an invitation, with mm-hmm. any of those things. So many of these problems that we talk about, especially in our upbringing collective, our membership community, is that we all have competing needs with our kids constantly. That's what being in relationship is like with another person. And none of us really knew that. We thought, oh, we're going to be the parent. And so we'll say things and then our kids will do them. We'll explain a little bit and they'll be like, oh, okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. That happens more with Hannah's kids. It does. It's just, it's it's a spectrum of, of sensitivity of willingness of resistance of self-advocacy and Mm -hmm. that's what we bring into this conversation too is saying we don't want to dim that spark that our kids have we want them to be fierce self-advocates we want them to have that that really determined sense of injustice and be able and kind of have that self-authority to vocalize it Mm -hmm. say this doesn't feel fair i don't want to do that right i don't like that right now it's about toothbrushing or homework Mm -hmm. or bedtime right? Or getting out the door, putting shoes on or brushing hair, right? But eventually it's going to be about really important things to us. Right now it's important things to our kids, but we have to remember that all of this represents an inherent spark that we want to protect, like Kelsey said, an inner wisdom and authority that we want to be supporting, not by letting our kids get everything that they want all the time. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about finding a way to honor and respect and work with that spark rather than against it. This is not permissive parenting. This is productive. This is super productive parenting. That's what we're trying to do. Can we do it all the time? No, definitely not. So we're practicing alongside you. Mm -hmm. And I think I want to talk really briefly about ways that we can support you through this month. 
So first, uh, well, can we get people writing in? Like, and, and yeah, any prompts? Do it, do it. Yeah, any prompts right now? What's going on with you? You're, uh, we're seeing a lot of folks coming in. Let us know what's happening. Where are the challenges, right, in the day-to-day? What's feeling hard? Where is the resistance happening? The resistance is the roadmap, right? That's the map that we want to be following when our kids resist our agenda. That's where the magic can happen, where the innovation, where the skills, where the awareness, where the relationship building can happen. It's all good. Mm -hmm. So let us know where that is, and we can maybe apply some of these things we're talking about to Mm -hmm. your particular situation tonight. That's good. And then in terms of how we can support you outside this evening here on Instagram and the audio being pushed to the podcast, head to our shop, download our Calm Bodies Guide or our Big Feelings Guide or our Sibling Conflict Guide. It's just like 20 bucks to get you, your partner, any other caregivers on a train that's going to help feel, like I said before, productive, right? Next step from that, hire us for one-on-one coaching, right? Little deep dive, little SOS session with you and your partner, if you have one, to just get on track for the month, right? And then another way to connect with us and be supported by us is through our Upbringing Collective, which is our membership community. So you pay 20 to 40 bucks, basically, per month. Sign up for one month, see what you think. You get all our free guides, um, weekly coaching calls, a, a huge group of people who get you and who if you post your little stressor, what's going on with you, you're nap trapped, you're texting us, let us know what's going on. You're going to have a deluge of people saying, me too, here's what I think, here's how I can support you. Good job. You're trying so hard, right? We all need that, right? We totally Seriously. do. Someone else is doing bedtime with a four-year-old right now. Yeah. I hear so that. Hang in there. You got this. Bedtime with a four-year-old is tricky. And that actually came up in one of our, in our coaching call today with the membership mm-hmm. was gosh, bedtimes with a three-year-old that has a new sibling. That's just totally derailing everything. It's feeling like they're like in full-time extortionist mode. They're like, nope. And now two songs and nope. And now I need another sip of water and now I need this. And it's kind of a whole new landscape. So please fill in if you want to connect about bedtime with a four-year-old and what you're struggling with. Hey, Sarah. Hmm. But we also want to talk just setting the scene for this month about ways that we can be, yes, attempting to practice powers beyond control with our kids, but also doing it outside our home, outside our element, you know, in these places where the stakes feel a little higher, where our kids often sensitive and spirited or neurodiverse go into these scenarios and they're just wound up, right? They're a little stressed. They're really excited. They're just being them even. And that can be a little bit harder to, to, to be practicing these powers beyond control with our kids when there's an impact on other people, their cousins, our parents, mm-hmm. our grandparents, people who also might not get what we're trying to do. Yeah, we just sent out in our uh, weekly, monthly-ish newsletter um, that idea of you know the pandemic. Our kids were not going out to those parties. We weren't going out to things. A lot of mm-hmm. our family members haven't seen our kids in a few years maybe or very briefly. And how going into these social situations in um, the holidays is a little bit stressful because we're like, I don't know what my kids are going to do. I don't know what my family is going to do or say. I don't know how I'm going to respond, right? Mm-hmm. It's really tricky. Yes, yeah, so we made a handful of phrases. Um, maybe that would be helpful mm-hmm. to some of you listening or watching of things that we are trying to say when our friends or family are judging the way that we're parenting or the way that our kids are interacting um, with them, with their space, with other kids. Mm -hmm. To basically say in one fell swoop or in many little steps, I've got this, I'm on this, or I know you don't understand this, but here's where we're coming from, Mm -hmm. right? But it's a big spectrum. It really is. I think it all depends on 
you know, our relationship with these people, our mm -hmm. friends and our family that we're seeing with our kids. It depends on the amount of opportunity we have to connect with them and mm -hmm. explain or, or, you know, connect and communicate Justify anything, those things. It <clears throat> depends on our capacity in the moment where we're like, I don't have anything to say and I just want to get through this moment versus mm -hmm. I want to talk to this person and get in, in it with them. Mm -hmm. Right. There's so many logistical kind of um, elements, elements at play that we have to kind of uniquely apply to our own situation. Yeah. But I think so much about what Kelty and I were trying to do with this newsletter share in our community also is saying it can look so many different ways. There's mm -hmm. no right way to say anything to people. We wanted to inspire you all to think of what could I say that feels good, that feels right. I think that's the, the thing is saying, let's think ahead. Okay, we're at the family gathering. We're at Christmas or another holiday. Let's get together. <laughs> we're at the park. It could be anything. And our kids are doing what they need to do, which can often feel really wild or challenging to other people as well as ourselves. And it's feeling stressful and we're feeling like we got to do something about it. Or we have that voice in our head, if not in the moment that says, what are you going to do? Who's in charge here? Are you going to show them who's boss or what? Mm -hmm. Or that would never fly in my home. Or wow, do they act like this all the time? Or um, I don't know, type, type in at anyone, those type of kind of judgmental phrases that come in when people are a little bit uncomfortable with the, the behaviors they're seeing and not just that, but the way that we're reacting to it mm -hmm. and interacting with it, which can, which can look really permissive or passive to a lot of people when we're trying to connect with our kid who's struggling instead of coerce them or control them. Right. I mean, you're heading east for the holidays yeah. where your kids respond to all the excitement and the overwhelm and the demands mm -hmm. and the fun differently than their cousins do. Mm -hmm. I'm having folks over for the holidays that haven't seen my kids in a long time who don't quite get our unschooling philosophy, that don't quite get uh, our work even in general. Mm -hmm. And I think that <clears throat> those of us especially who are um, we're raised to be people pleasers, sensitive, uh, we're very sensitive to stuff. We want to make everybody happy. We want there to be harmony. We want to keep the peace. We want to feel successful and seen yeah. and understood. There's a lot of pressure in, to like meet our needs, our kids' needs, these other people's needs. Mm -hmm. It can feel really overwhelming and stressful. So I like, Kel, that you're saying, how can we think about this ahead of time and not just run into these situations and be like, shit, what do we do? Ah, right. Mm -hmm. Where we fight, <clears throat> flight, freeze, freak out type situation. But can we think ahead, not to like pers overly perseverate and increase our anxiety, but to just prepare a little bit and say, mm -hmm. if someone, my aunt so-and-so or my mom or my dad or my in-law or my neighbor, or whoever said these things, how would I respond in a way, not react, but respond in a way that feels productive, that feels mm -hmm. aligned, mm -hmm. that feels supportive to my child, who I'm their number one advocate, not this other person, who feels supportive to me as the child that's experiencing this judgment, maybe, or this, this stressful situation. Yeah. I love that you point to that being our number one job when our, when our family or friends are critiquing us or judging yeah. our child or we're trying to get through a stressful moment with all eyes on that it's a conflict of interest often often we're parenting in, in in these ways and trying to support our kid and we feel like the child at the same time mm -hmm. where i'm like do i serve the needs of my child or do i serve the needs of my parent because they've got needs and i've got a lot of conditioning that says do what they need right and that's why it's such a clusterfuck and it's so hard so i just want to acknowledge that first and i also want to say Hannah's going to read some of these phrases that we that we sent out in our newsletter this week that are kind of targeted to help us 
when friends and family are judging our parenting or judging our kids' behaviors that we feel are like natural, normal, necessary, going to get through it, all okay, and other people are kind of wigging out about it. But I want to say these are great phrases, and I think I'm hoping that they're going to inspire you to just feel safe in those moments. You don't even have to say any of them. Mm-hmm. You can literally just not. They say, oh, my kid would never do that, or why aren't you being in control, or any of those things, and you can just go, mm. 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 So we, ultimately we don't owe anyone anything yeah. and we can always connect with them later to process or understand one another if we want to, mm-hmm. but we do not owe other people anything necessarily. What we owe is to ourselves and our kids. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the kind of deeper elements right now at play that we're wanting to nurture. Yeah. Sarah so. said, yes, recently got caught in a combo with a friend who commented that we must not have any boundaries with our two-year-old. Friend was confronted by two-year-old's perceived lack of respect for quote-unquote authority. Mm. Yes, that's so hard. I think we'll see some of those um, examples in our phrases that Han's going to read, but I would say something reflective like, oh, you feel like someone's needing to be in charge right now, or you're threatened by their own personal authority. Oh, that could be really hard. Seeing them step into that, this phase is a two-year-old. Oh, I'm trying to look at it as pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I still have like, I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about a conversation I had with one of my dearest, oldest friends who was watching me um, parent Kelty's daughter when they were out of town, who Watch came out. over. <laughs> and, and she was, you know, a feisty three-year-old who was, or two even, who was just wanting the things. And She's I like, get me more milk and, or and something. Just totally natural, normal, necessary ways of expressing herself. And this friend was like, this is weird and gross and you were getting stepped on and walked all over and that's not how this is disrespectful, right? This is disrespectful. The way she's treating you and you're letting it happen. And at the time I was like, so unmoored by it being like, Oh my gosh, my friend doesn't understand what I'm doing here. How do I, I, am I defending my, my, you know, niece? Am I defending my parenting? Am I, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. And I think that's so much of what's driving Kelty and me to want to support you all too, is that we've been through this. This is a, a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, natural, normal, necessary, Sarah. Yes. Yeah. Someone else mentioned a hundred percent. I really struggle with parenting in a way that I truly align with in front of family or other people. It's mm-hmm. not going to feel perfect. The, the, the microcosm that we're creating and nurturing and working on at home is hard enough to feel quote unquote consistent, to feel quote unquote, like good at, right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're measuring our performance even in these ways that in ways that we're measuring on us that we don't even want to do. We want to break out of that binary, mm-hmm. but then we get out of the home and we're being measured by other people. And it becomes an even bigger game where we have to say force field, force field. Mm-hmm. We, this is the most important thing is nurturing our child's root, right? That the deeper well of self-awareness of understanding, we always say self-awareness over socialization. They're going to be socialized. They're going to figure out what to do and what mm-hmm. to say but not at the expense of what's going on underneath with the in- inner processes, so yeah. to speak. We're going to have a reel coming out soon that's talking about preparing our kids for the holidays. And I think yeah. we tend to think, okay, to prepare my kid for the holidays, I'm basically going to warn them. I'm going to say, remember, you can't do this. <laughs> remember, you got to do this. Remember, never this. And so we're like priming them as opposed to saying, when you're struggling, what, where can we go? When you need some support, how can I support you? Right? So basically accepting reality and saying all of us struggling at this social event or this Christmas or this holiday thing, it's going to be hard inevitability. So we could all struggle. 
What can we do when that happens? Instead of saying, don't misbehave, don't struggle, don't say that, don't climb that, don't yell at that, don't run away from that, don't whatever. And so I think that so much of this is about, yes, having those phrases that we can maybe call on as mantras, personal mantras in those parenting moments around other people that Hannah's going to read in a second, I swear. Um, But also connecting with our kids in a way that says, let's be on a team and not a team that aces everything and is perfect all the time, but a team that says, we're all going to struggle. This is exciting. This is a little stressful, but this is exciting. How can we stay allied through this process? Yeah. That's so much about this is allying with our kids in these moments and in these social situations that are so tricky yeah. and really hard. And a lot of that is, is <clears throat> on the surface, allying and saying, I'm on your team and we're a team together. And a lot of that is our internal work that says, I'm gonna ally with my kid when they're doing something that makes me so uncomfortable. I'm gonna ally with my kid when they're like saying the meanest thing to their cousin and making them cry. I'm gonna ally with my kid when I can't find them at the party. And I'm, and I'm just like, WTF, right? How can we be thinking of of like allyship, not just in making a plan and feeling connected with our and kids preparing. and preparing, but also internally spirit mm-hmm. to spirit, knowing that our kids are doing the best they can in those moments in the moment. For sure. We always talk about in our upbringing community before, during, after preparation, presence, processing, mm-hmm. right? We can't always prepare the best. Okay. We didn't, we tried, we tried, we did the best we could presence in the moment can't even always have the presence that Ride we want. that shit out. Right? We'll do the don't best. make it worse. We don't make it worse, but we'll do the best we can. And then there's always processing. That's After our superpower. A really tricky birthday party, Christmas party, outing, family gathering, mm-hmm. any of those things. Hanukkah meal, whatever it is. Whatever it is, we can always process and normalize, right? And the reason we want to ally, like Kelty is saying, isn't because it's just the right thing to do. Isn't it just because we love our kids and we want them to know that, right? It's because that's how kids learn best is by feeling safe, by feeling seen, by feeling soothed, by having that, those moments that are really uncomfortable and scary and unknowing to them normalized, right? So when we say, oh my gosh, I'm with you. We've been through this. This is going to be okay. Here's what we can do. They're thinking I'm safe. And when kids think they're safe, they're able to learn. Their prefrontal cortex is able to come online instead of that reactive brain the thinking brain is able to be built alongside us. So it's not just um, kind of morally the thing that we're going for is being like, I want my kid to be loved. I don't want to be doing this stuff. But also it's productive, logistically, developmentally, Mm -hmm. relationally, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Showing up in these ways as an ally when our kids are losing it and melting down Mm -hmm. with family, with friends, in social situations, right? Mm -hmm. This is not permissive stuff. And I think I love, Kelty, that you were like, these phrases that we're talking about here aren't just to say, because many of us may not feel safe saying these. We may not have the opportunity to say these things to friends and family. That's who part are of our tuning in process is how safe am I in communicating these That's things. important. But I think even if we're thinking these things, like you said, Kelty, that can feel really productive and really supportive to us. Yeah. DM yeah. us if you want them. If you're not on our um, <clears throat> newsletter letter. list and you want them, I'll make a little like phone screensaver or a, a, I'll forward you the PDF if you need. How, need do, how do people like, get into our uh, newsletter list? Um, I think there's a pop-up on the website and then maybe in contact. Yeah, there are a few so it's places our, on the site. On our upbringing.co website. Yeah. But message us if you want that, if you want this guide. So Hannah, read the things. When friends and family judge our parenting, 
some phrases to help us when they say something like to say, wow, that never would have flown for me or my kids never do that or who who's in control here or wow, you just let them kind of like hold court and melt down like that or, um, or even just, uh, so this works at your home, um, but it doesn't work here or whatever it is. Yeah. And this can be something you think to yourself to remind yourself. This can be something that you share and say out loud. This could be something that later you connect with them over text or email. And, mm-hmm. and this could be part of the conversation, right? These are meant to help you feel secure, clear, confident, connected. Okay. Connected parenting can look permissive. I totally get it. I celebrate the fact that my child has a strong opinion. I celebrate that. I know you're trying to be helpful, but I've got this. Thank you. Right? Yeah, I work with my kid instead of just pulling the parent card. I respect my child's freedoms even when I need to hold a limit. So you're saying I'm holding a limit and I'm respecting their freedom. We're playing the long game here. Growing a brain takes time. We didn't grow up getting to express ourselves as freely, did we? Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. We didn't get that. Yeah. You know, it's not my job to legitimize respectful parenting for you. I realize my approach feels really new and different to you. It's hard to believe that connection is how kids learn and grow best. I may have some time to send you a few links after the holidays, okay? So we're putting that conversation off, right? When people are demanding research. Oh, is there proof, like proof that this right. sort of like permissive style that you're doing actually works? <clears throat> I'm consciously choosing my battles with them. Thanks. So that's a great one for moments where you give in. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Research shows that their words will change with our support not our control. I'm going to like choose a few of these. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Everyone acclimates at their own pace, right? Could we get a little space here? So that might be for a shy child, quote unquote shy. It's like, go right. away. <laughs> We're trying to acclimate. Yeah. Thanks. Judgments like that aren't making us feel too welcome and comfortable. Just FYI. Right. So you're setting a little bit of a boundary and saying, this isn't helping. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, research shows that kids learn and do best when they feel safe, not unsafe. So these are things you could say if it makes sense. You don't have to say that mm-hmm. to anybody. You could say it to yourself also. Oh, that's a big one. Mm. Kids nowadays are more free than back in the day. That's so true. I prefer to teach my kid outside the heat of the moment. Thanks. So you're really saying... I'm not trying to teach them right now when they're upset. Oh, they don't learn so well when they're upset. This is why my approach may look permissive in this moment. Yeah. We're going to talk about it later. Don't worry. We'll talk about this later. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm on it. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. I don't punish my kid for trying to meet their own needs. Right. And that could be a conversation starter. Some of these are conversation starters. Some are (laughs) conversation enders, right? Yeah. And then lastly, I hope my kid can get away with being themselves their whole life. That's one of my favorites. I like that too. You're going to let them get away with that? Yeah. I hope they'll get away with being themselves 
as a two-year-old, as a four-year-old, as a six-year-old, as a 10-year-old, as a 20-year-old. Right? That could really be a conversation starter or ender. <laughs> like, imagining some people being like, that is so baffling. I can't even go there. And some people being like, but what about when? Mm-hmm. All those things. I think so much about this is empowering you and reminding you that you can respond in any way you want to friends and family who are struggling to understand and reconcile and get comfortable around another parenting approach. Our parenting approach can feel really, really um, destabilizing. Destabilizing. It can feel aggressive to people. It can feel unsettling and anxiety-inducing, right? I think we have to keep remembering and holding folks with compassion, the ones who respond with anger, frustration, judgment, control, censure, Those are people who feel really uncomfortable with how we're parenting. And do you know why? It's because they weren't treated that way. And it seems like, wow, I I can't even get my mind around that. Or the way I feel safe is by being controlled and controlling. That's what was normalized for them. And then to see us be modeling a way of being out of control and being in relationship, right? And moving through with connection rather than control can feel really uncomfortable. And we don't, it's not our job to parent more people. It's not, Mm -hmm. but whatever we feel comfortable and capable of and able to do in from moment to moment with our family and friends over the holidays, Mm -hmm. do what feels good, not for other people, but for us and for our child. I love that. And I love that so many of these phrases that you just read, Hannah, are about setting a personal boundary saying I'm on it, or that's not actually helping. Thank you or whatever it is. And I think that putting greater boundaries around it can also help too. And I want to just cue us into that as we're, leading into this month of holiday hoopla to say, where else can I be putting a personal boundary? Can I be limiting the number of times I take my child to this place where we get judged and censured and controlled and it feels uncomfortable? Where are my lines? Where can I be thinking ahead of time about what is going to set me up for success? What's going to set my kid up for success? All those things. Yeah. I think so much about this, like you're saying, Kelty, is that trio of preparation, presence, processing. And so preparation can be, do we even want to go to that place where I know they're going to judge my stuff Mm -hmm. or judge my child or my child might be experience um, control from another person that I'm not cool with. Right. And it's also something that we can prepare ourselves to make that decision. And we can also prepare a child in those ways. Oh, so grandma gets, she struggles about last year when X, Y, Z, and she struggles a little bit with those loud noises. I know you can't always control how loud you talk. You're doing your best all the time. You're doing your best, you know, right? But sometimes she might hear a loud noise and then go, right? What did she say last time? This is coming from my husband's grandma, who's like, I love her. She just passed away this year, but she said something to my daughter once said something like, nobody likes a little girl that cries all the time. And I repeated that with my daughter being like, remember when she said that? And we kind of had a chuckle over it because it didn't feel so chuckly in the moment, but you were processed, but we processed later saying preparing "Hmm." circles back to the preparing. So sometimes she struggles with that. We can't always avoid it. She might say something like that. Hmm. I'm going to create safety as the parent around this inevitable thing, right? So much about it. We want to like, prevent these situations from happening with our kids, especially when they're really young, right? (laughs) But once they get to a certain age and we'll know when that is, right? Past those toddler years, we can start preparing them for the world, right? A little bit. And then we can start processing with them things that happened. 
And we can do so much to support them because we can't always control what everyone's going to say and do, but we can create security around what happened and how they feel about it and what they learn to believe about themselves and relationships and other people in the world. Right? I love that you point that out, that the preparing and processing, which are our superpowers mm-hmm. outside the moment. So presence in the moment is the hardest, yeah. right? We're going to struggle. We're going to yell. We're going to get snippy. We're going to over control all those things outside the moment is where our power is in preparing and in processing and not preparing as a warning and not processing as a grilling, yeah. but really being neutral through those, those end caps, those bookends mm-hmm. and saying, huh, I'm wondering if this is going to happen. Huh? Safety, 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 safety. Then you go through the moment. Maybe you do well, maybe you fuck it up. That's okay. Then processing, which usually comes as a grill back. We're going to do as a circle back and we're going to say, Oh, I noticed this thing happened. Safety, 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 safety. Again, that's what's going to bring them here to learn the the bookends of safety, preparation and processing, working inward to the moment. Right. So much about this too. And we've been hearing uh, this in our upbringing membership community, the collective is not just dealing with around the holidays, social situations with other parents and other family members that we have to somehow find a way to navigate, right? When our kids have big feelings and challenging behaviors, but we also want to find ways to support um, our kids spending time with other kids, their cousins, their friends, other people. How do we support that when our kids may say something totally wild and inappropriate to another child or when another child might treat our kid in a way that feels really aggressive or, or tricky for our child? What do we do in those moments? How are we advocating and, and kind of being a proxy for our child when they don't know how to speak for themselves and to their experience in that way? Yeah. I think if we can just float in those moments, if we can be that person that's not just advocating for our kid, but also for all kids, mm-hmm. that's my personal goal. That's something I stepped away from Thanksgiving with is saying all the kids are doing the best they can. Nobody's a bully. Nobody is mean. All the kids are doing exactly what they need to move through these like exciting slash stressful slash weird sleeping in another bed slash being with new people moments. And we can normalize that for our friends and family too. Maybe they're, they'll be a little bit um, standoffish or a little confused about our angle on it. But I think not to say that we have to go into these moments thinking I'm going to change minds. I'm going to change hearts. You know, we can have that kind of like goal deep down But I think if we can at least float neutrally with our kids and with their adults as we move through these situations, that that would be an optimal goal for me. Mm. And when we can't, we can circle back. Talk about circling back with our kids. Talk about circling back with family too. Wow. Thank you so much for tonight. I'm so sorry about how it went with a couple of my kids or this kid or this thing happened. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I'm going to be processing with them. And I really appreciate... You understanding, you're not understanding, but I'm saying I appreciate you understanding, or I really appreciate the way that you took space and gave us that time. Mm -hmm. So finding a way to say thank you, whether it happened the way you wanted or it didn't, and you're saying hopefully for next time or whatever it is, we can be circling back with all those people too. So much about this is communication about needs. And it's called like nonviolent communication. I don't like the word violent in there. I I feel like just so much about this is direct. And um, as you've mentioned earlier, productive communication Mm -hmm. to ourselves, to our partners, to our kids, to our in-laws, to our friends. And all of this can happen beforehand. We can alert our in-laws, our friends, our child. 
this, oh, we tend to struggle when there are so many presents happening, or we tend to struggle when there's so much sugar and when they can run around with their cousins. Just FYI. Or, oh, to our child, I've noticed when we get together with your cousins, this stuff happens and we're building awareness for family, friends, child, us. And so much about that awareness building is preparation where things will land less um, kind of impactfully, less surprisingly when we can prepare. And then in the moment we do the best we can, right? But then after that's, as you say, Kelty, our other superpowers mm -hmm. processing ourselves. How did that go? What would I have done differently? What were people needing? What didn't happen? What happened? No shame or blame. And then connecting with our child, like you said, how'd it go tonight? That was so fun. Oh my gosh, I'm normalizing this experience. And if I make it normal and safe, you're gonna engage with me about it. And we can do that with our family and our friends too. Thank you so much for having us over. That was really tricky. Oh my gosh, they're going through this, this, and this. I'm working on this, this, and this. Whatever you I'm amount so you want to understanding. Thank you for being there. And we're going to be working on processing this and I appreciate you, right? Mm -hmm. Sarah said, you two are giving such a powerful, supportive gift to this community. Thank you. Thank you. We love you, Sarah. Thank you for yeah. being here. I just want to also say oh. like, this is also tricky. Gosh, how can we more in the moment and especially afterward too, be focusing less on the impact of our kids' actions? Mm. Like what you just described was lovely, but it also sounded a little bit codependent, mm. which Hannah and I lean to. Oh yeah. So I'm just going to say that too. How can we in those moments debrief that with our partner and give no fucks about everyone else? Mm -hmm. Take my kid for what they are. Take me for who I am. Respect my process and my journey and the fact that I'm always doing the best. And I'm going to be phasing out people in my life where I can that don't automatically assume positive intent all the time mm -hmm. because that's me. I'm always trying to do my best. And I hope that they can look at my kid that way too and say, I know they're doing their best always. And I think so much about this, and I love that, Kelty, is that a lot of people are on that journey also and that these quote-unquote codependent communication strategies where we're talking to people and saying, thanks mm -hmm. for doing this thing, here's a little intel on my child, here's mm -hmm. my goals and whatever. This isn't placating. This isn't um, pacifying pandering, yeah. and pandering. This is actually building skills and maybe in this other person to say what you saw tonight, here's some fucking insight into that. Mm -hmm. If you care about this person, you want to engage with them in this way to help them understand what was going on for your child or for mm -hmm. you and what your things are. That's actually how you build relationship. And if they don't respond in a way that feels um, affirming productive. and productive, mm -hmm. then you know, I, talking and engaging with them about your child, about your parenting strategies, about those things, that's not building relationship, okay, then you can kind of let that go and you'll know more next time. I think that's true, but we don't always have that energy. And I like yeah. to push our partners up to the, <laughs> to the <laughs> yeah, plate on that, that and say, you text your mom, you call your sister, you get up there and advocate for what happened. They're less skilled sometimes. They're less I don't skilled. necessarily want my partner doing that. But, but if I'm feeling tapped and I'm feeling all the pressure and I'm getting the mother load, push them up there and see what happens. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be perfect. All of this is about building skills, awareness, skills, connection, relationship, practice. growth. It's practice. Yeah. So keep practicing. This isn't the last Christmas, right? Everybody and not even everyone is doing Christmas. So I might not do Christmas holidays. <laughs> I'm sorry. The holidays. This is like, I'm, I have Christmas on the brain right now. I'm sorry. But like, this is, this is not the last holiday season. We're all going to be, um, I was going to say suffering from navigating, um, but navigating. Yeah. And I think that again, it's all practice. That's the beauty of these holiday seasons is that they keep coming just like the beauty of our kids 
big feelings and challenging behaviors is that there's always tomorrow to try again. I'm like, oh God, it yes. just keeps coming. The, yes, it keeps coming. We get more chances. The burden and the blessing, right? Not to get it perfect, not to oh. nail it. More chances to practice, to feel forward, to experiment our way through it. And not just as parents on our own, being like, how am I doing this? How can I manipulate my child and fix them and get them to do all the things? But in relationship, tandem, this work is tandem with our kids and saying, you're growing up and I'm growing up right alongside you. I love that we're getting dragged through all of these gnarly social situations <laughs> by our kids because they give no Fs. Yeah. They can't, I mean, even if they did give Fs, like they can't control themselves because they don't have the brains yet. And they're dragging us through these uncomfortable situations and putting us to the test to really question, why do I care what they're wearing? Why do I care if they say thank you for a gift? Why do I care if they share that toy or don't complain about not getting something as good as their cousin or their sibling? Like, Why do I care if they're the most energetic, bouncing off the walls person? Right. I mean, they really bring us into challenge and dismantle these beliefs of value and worth and joy that we had before that aren't true because our kids are what is raw and human and real and so many of these mm. things they make us really question our socialization and say is our socialization real and true if my child that is like so honest and beautiful and true is doing the opposite that may be the biggest gift we can get in this holiday season is every time our kids quote unquote fuck up mm -hmm. That's reaffirming to us that they're doing what they need and they're being human and they're guiding us towards something that we can be working with instead of against. And as they're growing, we're and learning, we're unlearning, right? Mm -hmm. As they're growing, we're growing, we're figuring out these new things and rethinking these conditioned expectations, right? And beliefs we have about what a child should do, what a parent should do, what a social situation or party or should be. celebration is about, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're those catalysts, those beautiful catalysts. Yeah. Right. That we have to think about it that way. Otherwise, if we think about them as obstacles to a beautiful holiday season or mm -hmm. obstacles to a fun party or obstacles to a family gathering, how are we going to think of ourselves? How are we going to think of them? How are we going to treat them? Right. And relationship again is the most important thing. That's how people grow and thrive is through relationship. Mm -hmm. So we, our beliefs have to align with ways that support that relationship. Yeah. That's what we love working on and talking about here. Yeah. Just to wrap up though, how can we look at those moments of resistance um, as beautiful moments of rebellion, of self-advocacy, yeah. right? That remind us to give no fucks, to not be people pleasers, to do what we need and say what we need and be who we need to be in those moments. Like let them inspire us a little bit to stand in our own personal power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can hold that that freedom and that spark and that amazing thing alongside that kind of soothing. I keep picturing your kittens, kittens <laughs> like, like kind of like tenderizing everybody, but like, how can we hold that truth, that ferocity of spirit um, and soul alongside normalizing it alongside saying, here are my needs and this feels normal to me, or yes, my kid's doing this and here's what I'm doing to work on it. Mm -hmm. And, and kind of, balance that, um, that energy and that spark with something that's feeling a little bit like more productive and a little more normal and a little bit more. Well, and balance that with the opposite of is controlling where we have those moments where we do crack down on our kids. Oh, sure. You need to clean up 
or you need to share. Oh, be nice to or, grandma. What are you saying? You can't do those things, right? There's the whole spectrum from what we would ideally like to do mm-hmm. to where we're like, oh, this is tricky and we're working it to like, we're showing up in a way that's totally the opposite of what we'd want to do. And all of it's okay. It's all growing, right? It's all becoming in these moments, these social situations. You're so tricky. Yeah. Thanks so for tricky. being here, everyone. Mm-hmm. This was great. For those of you listening now or tuning in right now, coming into the Instagram live, listen back. We read a bunch of phrases that we've been using when our friends and family are judging our parenting style or our kids' behaviors, and we're on top of it, but it might not look that way. Um, so we read a handful of those, which were in our newsletter download. Um, so if you're not in our newsletter, get on there, right? If you need a little bit of extra support, check out our shop. We've got a few guides for um, not very much money that can help you with sibling conflict, big feelings, <sighs> challenging behaviors, unruly bodies, unruly bodies, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about next live Q and A. And if you're needing a little deep dive one-on-one, we've got you. So yeah. grab a little session, two on one, two on two, whoever you co-parent with, if you've got someone, we'll hop on and we'll deep dive into something that's happening. Bedtime, mealtime, hygiene, transitions, going to school, doing homework, being nice, meltdowns, anything, we're there. And then check out our community too, the Upbringing Collective, which is just a small monthly fee. You can do one month, get all our guides for free, you can hop into the community of people who get you, right? Who have sensitive, strong-willed, neurodiverse kids and understand what you're going through. And we're all over it, anything you post in there, we and other people chime in. It's been really fun. It's been really cool. Yeah. So thank you all for coming tonight. You're not alone. You're doing an amazing job. We're all growing up together. It's pretty cool. I feel really grateful. Me too. We'll see you all next week. Next week. Bye everyone.